They, they make it easy. Oh, I will tell you. Maybe we can... I'll save it for when we... Because there is a something that interesting I saw on Twitter about Tennessee. I don't know if it's fact, because you can't believe everything you hear on. What? Um, now yes. I want to know what it is. Well, you'll have to wait. you have to wait. Oh, man. Suspense. <laughs> 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 I did see... Uh, the whole June suspense, man. We are in week eight of the Role Players Podcast. I am Arthur Mosley. He is Daniel Allen. We are the Role Players. We are excited. Uh, we're in the thick of uh, football season, mm-hmm. I would say. I know it's maybe early in the NFL, but in college, we're almost approaching you know, that midpoint of the season. Yeah, so third lot, of it's gone by. A lot of things going on. I tell you what, if we had enough time, we could probably do a podcast. Uh, Three or four times a week to to really discuss everything that's going on. Oh yeah, in, in college football. Yeah, it's hard to cram it into to all this. So we apologize if you know if you're a fan of the of the Bengals or the Seahawks or of um, you know uh, Boston College. The Mac. The Mac. Yeah, sure. Yeah. The Swack. The Miac. Miac. Right. Anything that ends with Ack. Right. It, we're probably not going to be covering your team. Um, there may you may have a shot. There may be a, a, not an off week, but we might do some uh, Miak swack. You might, you might <laughs> get some. Okay. It might be an Art mostly solo episode. That, that's gonna come. That's gonna <laughs> premiere right after our baseball coverage. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. uh, with hey, that, when the March Madness comes around, we'll yes, talk about that. Yes, we will. That'll because, be your time. Absolutely, absolutely. You know who we might not talk about as much in the, uh, Louisville. Did you say Loserville? Louisville. Okay, because in in Kentucky, in in Lexington, they call that school Loserville. Do they? Yeah, it's kind of. That's actually that's going to be our wild card, right? Sure. Throw a little sure little little talk about the seedy underbelly of 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 youth basketball and the shoe. Yes, yes, the (laughs) the like shoe mafia. Oh my gosh! Uh, Was there any better? Scapegoat than Rick Patino, the Italian stallion. Oh, uh, shameful, shameful. He. Oh, all right. Man. We'll say. Let's save we'll it. Save let's save it. Let's save it. Let's save it. All right. Uh, so week eight, like we said, we're gonna review the the games that we we went over last week, uh, and then we're gonna get. You know, we'll jump right into this week. We'll go to the wild card, and then we'll get out of here. Hope you enjoyed the show from last week. We really appreciated uh, redheaded Jenna stopping by. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed our parody skit on SEC Guy. We did not get any offensive comments on Twitter. We didn't get any comments on Twitter, so I was a little bit let down. I was hoping to offend somebody. Uh, nonetheless, uh, we are here to talk, and let's let's recap. Let's start with the, the biggest game, at least the biggest college game we were looking at, um, Georgia hosting Mississippi State in mm-hmm. the Battle of the Bulldogs. And you had t- – uh, uh, Tweet, uh, texted me something earlier in the week uh, off the Mississippi State message board, and I almost felt like had we posted that to our Twitter account, we'd be trolling Mississippi State fans. But you know, they were saying who from Georgia is going to hurt us, and offensively they don't yeah. have any weapons, and um, you know they were believing the hype. They had beat uh, LSU, and they were believing the hype, and really, really confident. Very as confident. fans tend to be, right? Because but, they don't, you know, they're not in practice every week, right? Yeah. Yeah, I will, well, I mean, they, they weren't the only ones. A lot of the analysts and experts were buying into it, too. And Because mm-hmm. LSU every year, it's like the Cowboys used to be. And even 
last year the Cowboys were won a lot of games, didn't do anything in the playoffs. But like every year, you'd hear people in the NFL analysts say talk about the Cowboys and how talented they are and pick them to to go to the Super Bowl and all. It's kind of like you, you they just say it over and over. LSU is the second most talented team, and you expect them to be, and they were for a long time under Miles. But th- this isn't the same no. same roster that they've had. No, I mean, it's just a very mediocre. LSU team. Or that was that was my thoughts. I think you probably thought the same thing. So that Mississippi State win wasn't all that impressive, and it was like you're never as good as your your best game or as bad as your worst game. Right. You're and that was between, like their yeah. right. That was like their worst possible game. Right. I mean their best possible game. So I didn't I I didn't think Mississippi State was a top twenty team, and it kind of kind of played out that way, maybe, right? Maybe I didn't they, mind them being ranked seventeen. Right. right. Uh, and maybe Mississippi State is better than that 31-3 beatdown that they took at the yeah. hands of Georgia. I think they um, are. But, but certainly, um, I think one of the, the, the things that we did hear prognosticators say is that, hey, this could be a trap game uh, for Mississippi State, you know, after riding that high, after beating LSU, yeah, being sure. too high. Um, but no, neither one of us expected a matchup like that. I think you had picked uh, Georgia to win 24-17. Yeah. I had Georgia in a closer game, 28-24. Uh, coming up victorious, I think that spread was six and a half. Yeah, uh, you go one and zero. I go zero and one with that matchup. So, uh, oh, because you picked now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, it's. I, I thought get twenty points more than twenty points would win it for us because I thought their ceiling was twenty points. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was being a little generous for them. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't. They didn't break the three barrier. Right. Right. Uh, they almost did at the end of the game. They were trying to get into the end zone, and uh, and our third string did a good job keeping them out. But yeah, that was a that was. Um, but kind of the same situation they were in last week is what Georgia has to watch out for this week, where you're coming off this huge win and this big, mm-hmm. you know, and then you go on the road and it's kind of a kind of a trap game. But yeah, they. I mean, they, it, it, from the beginning, Georgia had a great game plan offensively and, and defensively came out and stopped them, and then that flea flicker to open the game was, was perfectly called and, and uh, opened things up. And it was just kind of a, just kind of a beat down from the mm-hmm. beginning. It was, it was nice to see defensively. I mean, typically when you get up 28 points, you kind of take like it easy. Down, and right. Yeah, but that was, that was as complete a game in all three phases from Georgia in a long time, probably since. 2012, or I mean, honestly, it reminded me of that uh, going way back 2007 against Hawaii, beat down in the bowl game. But mm-hmm. it was, you know, offense, defense, and special teams all all played great. But you don't really know, just like Notre Dame, which Notre Dame's looked better since then. We don't really know what Mississippi State is yet. Right. So it's early. We do know that uh, Georgia defense held Nick Fitzgerald to 83 yards pass and picked him off twice. Uh, Gibson with only 52 yards rushing. Williams, you know, 11 carries for 24 yards. Really uh, took control uh, of that game defensively. So yeah. um, nobody's run on Georgia yet this year. So and, and there's not a whole. I mean, John Kelly's a good running back, but there's not a whole lot of teams on the schedule with you know dominant rushing attacks. Sure. So yeah. So uh, Georgia from to over 200 yards passing, two touchdowns. Yeah, he looks. He looked. Look, pretty, he look, very good, and it's interesting because Eason is is back mm-hmm. practice. He was practicing last week, but he wasn't cleared, and it, he seems to have made uh, a lot of strides over the last week week and a half. So he should be if he needed to play, he could. So it's it's going to be interesting to see if they win this week, next week, if he's one hundred percent healthy going into Vandy, what what happens. But yeah, it's solid game from Fromm. Dogs. The dogs are barking. <laughs> yes, yes. The dogs are barking. <laughs> 
So yeah, must be Tennessee. In other, in other, in other, in other games, other news. Man, Florida, Florida, Kentucky. Talk to me about the pain of of Kentucky's loss there. The pain of you know Miami has lost to Florida State. I believe seven or eight straight years in a row now, and I don't. I've lost count because it's been so long. I cannot understand. We got a lot of Georgia fans out here. They're still barking. I told you the dogs from <laughs> That's the bark. Scooter, man. That's, it is Scooter from Cordell. He's back. Uh, losing to your and, and I don't know if you can consider well the conference rival, um, but losing to them for thirty years in a row—that's thirty years of misery. Um, that goes that goes back to when I was eleven years old. So that's you know, there's a lot of things that have transpired in my life over thirty years. How does that happen? Thir- and Florida were, wasn't great at the. Fr- I mean, Kentucky wasn't either, but. I mean, for, well, we thought, well, at least I thought, watching that game, uh, Kentucky came out playing with a lot of emotion, right? They were high. They were at home. There was a lot of talk about this 30-year streak. I think I thought, hey, Florida just has to weather this storm. Yeah. And then they, you know, they, they in, in play after play, you, you know, Florida would, would take one step forward, and then Kentucky would take three steps forward. And you're like, wait a minute, this is – this is getting interesting. And um, when the game got to it, I can't remember the scores because I don't have it in front. But I think Kentucky was in, in front by two scores. And I was like, wait a minute. This, this is – it's all over about the crying. This is yeah. this is embarrassing if you're a Florida Gator fan, you know, losing to Kentucky. And then slowly but surely, you know, they change quarterbacks. I don't know if that was a Luke spark. Luke Rio comes in to save the day. You know, Luke, son of Jack, NFL coach. Yeah, Not Zaire, who we yeah. all thought was going to be the starter. Right. Right, so so uh, maybe Malik Zaire was as, was worse than what we thought, but the, you know the Gators are not not a great team. Uh, Kadarius Tony even I think threw a touchdown pass, not a touchdown pass. He had a pass. Uh, I think they ran a halfback or a wide receiver pass. Um, if he throws the ball on the money, the Gators score. You know they walk into the end zone. Um, that was early in the game. Maybe they can try him out at quarterback uh, because it's a very um, bleak situation down in Gainesville, but out of the ashes. Kentucky get, decides not to cover wide yeah. receivers. And I mean, that's an interesting strategy. <laughs> bold strategy. Very bold. <laughs> and they must have been watching that video you sent me earlier in the year where none of the none of the Florida receivers could catch the ball. Yeah. And so they said he's – like my, my, my dad used to say, like we play basketball, I'm not guarding your self-check, meaning that nobody <laughs> – Nobody has to guard you. You're self-checked. You're so bad, you can't even chew gum and walk at the same time. So, um, very interesting strategy. Uh, didn't pay off for him. No, it didn't work. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm really not sure what the answer is for Kentucky. I did hear that Mark Stoops says that going forward they will have two coaches responsible for something or other at the end of the game. And I thought um, – what is he talking? What I don't he... know. It's it's almost like there was a blinder on that side of the field, and it, it was like Gator vision, and the guy, the receiver was invin- invisible to everybody but the Kentucky defense. I I don't know. Florida just seems that they they win these. This is what they've done the last two years, they win these games in ugly ways, and that you don't look overly impressed by them. But at the end of the day, the W's keep racking up. Here here's and I thought about this you know earlier today. Here's my my thought. Like you said, Florida wins these games. Um, at the end of end of uh, in about a month, they'll take on Georgia down in Jacksonville, and this is a, a to me a Gator defense uh, that has a potential to slow down a Georgia team. And Georgia looks really good, really really strong right now. Um, and then to have something fluky happen uh, for their offense, I don't know about seven times in a row, and then they beat 
Georgia 20 to 10, and everybody's walking around in the days leaving Jacksonville. Um, it's it's kind of what it's what the Gators do, and yeah. it's what Georgia does, unfortunately. Yeah, has been. Um, I, one thing I do want to say, I, I some of you may have known I tweeted a couple pictures out. Uh, watch this game from Wisconsin. We were talking about the Florida Gators. One thing I had to show Daniel, I think I saw more jorts in Milwaukee, <laughs> in the state of Wisconsin, uh, last weekend than I have ever seen in Jacksonville or Gainesville or Tallahassee or Orlando or Coral Gables or Sanford or Hilliard uh, or, or Daytona Beach. Dothan. Or Deltona. That's in <laughs> Dothan's in Alabama. Come on. Uh, <laughs> what did you? How did you describe the the women of of Milwaukee, Wisconsin? Uh, we we ran into uh, several. All first of all, all the people in Wisconsin were extremely friendly. Super great yeah. state, uh, yeah. but it's uh, a good lead into saying something negative about somebody. Well, you know, it's not necessarily negative. It, it might be a stereotype. <laughs> when I was in college, I used to watch a lot of TV reruns from the seventies and eighties. One of my favorite shows was Laverne and Shirley. Just the accents and everything. They're from Milwaukee. What happens? I go to Milwaukee riding on a bus for the Packers game with two women that I swear were spitting images for Laverne and Shirley. I think I sent you the, the picture. Yeah. And, I, you know, if I'm lying, I'm lying. But did they kind of remind you of Laverne and Shirley like 30 years later? <laughs> they, they were about what I would expect. <laughs> <laughs> you, you talk about George. I almost took a picture of you. I went to a fall festival on Sunday. And uh, a guy, guy, guy walking towards me, on, I'm going in, and he's got, man, I didn't take a picture because I didn't want to, I didn't want to put down my own people, but he had a, a red Georgia tank top and a pair of the shorts, but they were like not the cutoff, they were like the seamed, and they were really, short, really, really short, like maybe he accidentally got them out of the women's department. <laughs> And, and, you know, like tennis shoes and high white socks. And I was like, man, I always take pictures of these Florida fans and send them, I really want to take a picture. But at that point, like, I'm walking straight at you, straight at the guy, Mm -hmm. and he's walking. And if I, I'm pretty good at taking pictures of people discreetly, but there's not, like, no way to pull out a phone and just pull it straight in front of you and, you know, and right as they come by. And like I said, I don't want to. Put right. out a negative sure. uh, picture, Georgia. Sure, fans, and, man. And, and so my strategy was a little different. I decided, let me take a picture with you all. Y'all are from Green Bay. Yeah. How did you and, get that? And like, how did you explain that that you wanted to take a picture? Nothing. It was explained. I said they. I said you guys are great. I got to get a picture with you all. And they had no idea my ulterior motive was to one document George Jorts north of the St. Mary's River. That's yeah. the Georgia Florida border for those of you at least in south southeast Georgia. And I wanted to show like all of my friends who were over the age of like thirty seven or thirty six or thirty five, whatever, who knew who Laverne and Shirley were. Yeah. I wanted to show them that I found them. I you mean, found, I found them. Yeah, when you just second ago asked me if it was spitting images, ah, <laughs> no idea. I've never yeah, seen Laura exactly. But I, I showed some. But I got, I got the image. Yeah, yeah, I could. I could so yeah. go, go, and I used to have a crush on Laverne for what it's worth. Uh, not Laverne in the picture, but just Laverne on the TV show. Okay, that's why you're, you got your arms around and taking a picture. Right. It was like it's like my you know college crush. Bitterman goes to Wisconsin. The Bitterman the adventures of. Oh, that could Art be Art Bitterman in Wisconsin. That, that could be a yeah, classic, 
classic comedy. TCU, man. The real can we, can TCU. We move on? Can we move on? Yeah, let's move right. on. The real TCU. So Texas Christian, the Horn Frogs. Yeah. All right. They're, they go into Stillwater, okay, yeah. and shock the world. Well, shock. maybe shock that. everyone outside <laughs> of the TCU campus. Was I shocked? I don't think we were shocked at all. I was. I had to pick them to win. Yeah, you know. But that's as much about doubting Oklahoma State as TCU. Hey, which well, it's hey, kill. I gotta gotta. He lost the game, but Mike Gundy's hair. That was the first time I've seen it in a while. Impeccable. It's like yeah, it's like Roadhouse or Ghost. It's like Swayze in his prime. It's it's incredible. It is incredible. Uh, Dude does not care. He, he probably, he's like ten years late on the mullet thing, but he's kind of let it go into like an eighties thing. He probably needs kinda to like get a, a, an husband. endorsement for the hair. Yeah. So uh, anyway, I just wanted to mention that you had TCU last. Oklahoma State was nine and a half point favorite. You had TCU winning forty five, forty two. We thought it was going to be a shootout. Mm-hmm. We were partially right. Yeah, second half was for sure. Um, but uh, Texas Christian too. One of the things I saw, and I did not see the game. Uh, I did watch kind of a highlight package. Two turnovers by Mason Rudolph, really uh, critical in that loss. Uh, one a fumble, I think, early on, and the other one an interception. Um, both turn into points, and we know how critical points all turnovers are, can be. And, and hey, that's that's something you would expect the home team to do typically. Crowd noise gets involved and, the, you know, the pumps up the defense a little bit, forces uh quarterback to make some bad decisions. But the ex- exact opposite happened. Yeah. And it was, you know, uh, Texas Christian on the receiving end of some uh, – Mistakes. Gary Patterson's defenses are overlooked a lot in over in the past, though. I, to me, he's a lot of. I mean, he's always to me had had solid defenses and offensives have kind of been his trademark. But mm-hmm. his, de- I mean, they're always well coached. Yeah, and mm-hmm. they played they played fantastic against that very high octane offense. Hey, not not like Kenny Hill lit it up. Look, he it was yeah. twenty two for thirty three for two twenty eight, one touchdown, one pick. So it's not. Those aren't, you know, phenomenal stats, but I will tell you, uh, their running back, I believe Darius Anderson, 160 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, he went and he sealed the game for him mm-hmm. with a long t- touchdown late. Yeah, running game and defense won that to yeah. me. Hill so, made some plays, didn't make too many mistakes, um, and, and the yeah running game carried them. So that's a, a big win for TCU. We talked, you know, before last week, we thought that Oklahoma State might be the best team in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Um, you big qu- Twelve, you, yeah, uh, yeah, right. Even even the Big Twelve. You question whether TCU belonged in that conversation, and now they do. I will tell you, I know it's early in the season, um, and they they play that. Did they call it Bedlam, where Oklahoma and Oklahoma State yeah. plays at the Bedlam game? Yeah. Something quirky, I got a feeling, if Oklahoma rolls in that game undefeated, something quirky happens and Oklahoma State might pull an upset. I just What surprised me one bit? Um, the Big 12 is, is famous for putting these high-scoring, wild, wild matchups together yeah. in these big games. Mm-hmm. Going back, well, like when, when Leach was at Texas Tech and, and they'd air it out, and there'd always be like a 60-57 to 57 game or something, you know, and it'd yep. come down to a last play. There's always – they're always exciting for mm-hmm. the most part. That. Helps when you don't play defense, you know? Right. But, um, it's like a yeah, for game. sure. Just run up and down, score as many points as you can. <laughs> exactly. It's last, fun last to watch. It's like playing the old NCAA football game. Right. So. so, yeah, maybe a, maybe a contender to, uh, to Baker Mayfield. In the, did you see him, the, the clip of him before the game against Baylor? I did not. What he was out. So, planting his flag, he caught a lot of grief for that. He apologized. But he, at, 
he was at midfield and some Baylor guys, they were all warming up before the game, and he goes <laughs> and he yells out to him. He's, he's out there like uh, at the front of the line, and, and he says, you forgot who your daddy is, or you forgot who daddy is. I'm going to have to spank you today. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of cool. That's kind of weird to say. I'm going to have to spank you. <laughs> Baker Mayfield, uh, I mean, he is a uh, – maybe he has a future in comedy. Hey, he, that, he that takes, was a tight one for he, a while. He, it was, and, and he takes trash talking to a new level. So congrats, Baker. I'm glad you can back it up or your teammates yeah. can back your talk up because, um, you know, you should never write checks with your mouth that your butt can't cash. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's, it's, easy, it would, it's easy for him to talk trash against Baylor, I guess. They're, quote, unquote, having yeah, a down year. But that game was... That that game was probably a little too close for comfort. Definitely was uh, for Lincoln Riley. Yeah. Um, but they win, and a win is a win. And Oklahoma's and prone to those type of games every sure. year. It's it seems big, like it's a Big Twelve yeah. where anything can happen. Yes. Any. Uh, I do want to briefly talk about a game I picked. I've been wrong uh, about all season long. I, before the season started, I picked Syracuse to upset LSU. I feel like I got derailed by Mississippi State. Had LSU beat Mississippi State, I think. LSU would have really been ripe for an upset. Syracuse keeps it close. It was very close. I was. Looking. I mean, less than one one touchdown late, and very close. I look at. It and I was like, my God, he might he might actually get it. You know, they might do it. Art in his boldest prediction. And you predicted that back when before LSU was, you know, lost by thirty points. Exactly. Uh, Oh man, that was close. Well, so close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. So, yeah. uh, LSU survives Syracuse. Um, I'm not saying that this is this is not an SEC ACC argument. I just don't. We we talked about it before. I don't think LSU is as good as Mm-mm. they're giving credit for. To beat Syracuse was about 10, 11 points. Um, not, that's, and that's a, a deceptive. Right. Final uh, right. margin there, too. Was because, it pretty, it, I mean, they were up big, and then they just let Cuse come back, mm-hmm. and they salted it away. But it was, I mean, how long? What, over under two and a half years for Orgeron, what are you taking? The under? <laughs> I am, too. That dude is you not said two a and a half coach. years, the under? And yeah. it's, you know, it, and maybe, I mean, what, what can save, I think what can save Ed Orgeron is uh, recruiting a quarterback. Yeah. Who just comes in in his freshman year and is the greatest thing we've ever seen? How often do we see that? All quarterbacks seem to struggle yeah. in their first year starting, and uh, I don't care if you're you're playing NAIA football or you're playing at the highest level in Division One, a Power Five conference. You're just not going to have a guy that uh, you've got really good defensive coordinators that can throw things at you that you haven't seen before. You're playing against defenses who have speed that you've never seen before. Yeah. Hey, even when Matt Ryan was a senior, I watched him play against Florida State, and he was throwing up some pretty balls, but he had to learn to get a little more zip on his pass because the Florida State DBs are so quick, and they're just yeah. uh, they're deceptive where you think a defensive, the defender's open and they're, um, they're closing the ball with unbelievable speed. So... That's the only thing to me. I, I, we got off track there, but that's the only thing that can save Ed, Ed Orgeron's job. <laughs> I think, yeah, I would think it's all up to Matt Canada and their and quarterback recruiting because they haven't they had Met for two years, Mettenberger. Mm-hmm. But other than that, who was the last good great quarterback LSU had? 
I'm trying to think. Jamarcus? Man, he didn't even really. He was more. He had one great potential. Game. He had one yeah, great he, game. He wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't anything special there to me. I he, mean, Matt Malk was solid. Matt Flynn was solid. Right? But I mean, that's been their problem for a long time. They had Justin Fields visit a few weeks ago. That might give them some. It's not going to happen. But yeah. they would need. Yeah, you'd need a pretty special player to come in right off the bat because. So yeah, Je- yeah there you go, Justin Fields. If, if Justin Fields would 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 head over to LSU, even then, I mean, once yeah. again, we said he's a freshman and he's going to be doing a lot of things probably with his legs. Um, I mean, I, I, I think even Jalen Hurts looks marginal at best a lot of times, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Jake Fromm was nine for nine in the first half against Mississippi State, a good defense, but that that's a defense coached by Todd Grantham. Right. That's right. <laughs> I mean, you're, yeah, they're all going to make mistakes. So we uh, we got a little sidetracked there talking about LSU's future. But, I mean, to piggyback off that LSU, I mean, the Syracuse game there, I uh, just can't see. Coach, coach, y'all, y'all. Lasted too long there. What else happened this weekend? Man, the Falcons uh, go up to Detroit and get a win. Maybe two of Man, the highest power. Strange win. Yeah. Yeah, that last that last, I don't I still don't really understand know what the rule. Yeah, is that where they was it the uh, offensive penalty? Or they had the, the well, they scored the touchdown, right? Or they thought, and then it was reviewed, and he was short, mm-hmm. and then they said there were eight seconds left, and I didn't watch it live, and I didn't really uh, dig too much into it, but they were saying that there's a ten second runoff. They didn't have a timeout, but it should right. have been reviewed. I I don't know what happened. Yeah, I want to say that happens on penalties and maybe reviews if they don't have a time. Right. You automatically. But it should have been reviewed because every scoring play is automatically reviewed. Right. Those are the types of things that normally happen to, like, the Falcons and teams from Georgia. Right. Except it happened to the Lions. Yeah. So. uh, Helped us. Fortunately for us, that win by the Falcons moved you to 4-0 on the week. Mm -hmm. I have not updated the standings. Uh, Daniel Allen moves to 4-0 on the week. Big week for him. Uh, mediocre week for me. I went two and two, so I'm back. Five hundred is a pretty good. Five hundred for me. Five hundred is great. <laughs> After the last coming two back weeks, from zero and six. Oh my goodness! I'll, I'll take anything I can get. Um, you're bold with your picks, though. Well, you know, and if, you're, if nothing else, you you pick with conviction. You're very I, confident. That's what I heard of a leader. If you're going to be wrong, be wrong with conviction. <laughs> if you, you know? make it sound like you're, yeah, that you're, you know, you're right. right. Then, it sounds I, better. I think we got two NFL games at least. I can't go wrong on it. I've got stats to back me up, which means pick the other team. Yeah, stat guy. Well, you, you're one game you went. Stat guy, honest. You won. I did. I did go uh, ATS right against yeah. the spread. I was. I had some analysis that yeah. I picked up and have never gone back. This week, do we want to talk about this week? Are we ready to get yeah, into this let's week? Let's get into it. All right. So we got three games. We'll, we'll start furthest away from us. Uh, top twenty-five matchup. Tomorrow night in Pullman, Washington. That is tomorrow night. Why? 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 Why Friday night? Miami Duke is playing tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, and then Washington uh, State host USC. So did they stop playing these marquee Thursday night matchups because of the NFL? I don't. I don't know. What, that's the reason. I think it that might be. I think you you you're, they're just they're always going to lose head to head with the NFL, and sure. I think I think they're just kind of afraid of them. So to go to Friday night, but man, the, it, Friday night. Mm. Nobody, are you are you normally home? Like most, I, I know me. I we we have it's either family movie night or I'm going to a high school high football school game. game yeah. You know, and a lot of football fans are doing that. Yeah, I would think or going out. That's like date night, right? Yeah, 
I mean, who's sitting at home watching college football on a Friday yeah, it's night? It's not Pac-12 night. The only time I'm doing that is if, like, my family is out of town and, like, all my friends are out of town. Yeah. Recovering from a surgery or, you know. Right. You're permanent. <laughs> right. Or yeah, exactly. My so car's I'm, in the shop and I can't get anywhere, right? Yeah. USC-wise, that, that it has the potential to be exciting because anytime Mike Leach, Mike, Mike Leach is involved. Hey, wait. There's a, two quarterbacks. We talk a lot about uh, Chase Darnold. Uh, Chase Darnold. Is he related to Sam Darnold? I don't know where Chase came from. I was thinking of Chase McSorley, I'm sure. Trace, Trace, Trace. And it's Trace, not Chase. <laughs> Who I don't know why. I'm chasing something in my head. You're thinking high school. It must be. Yeah, it you're must thinking be. I gotta switch Chase gears. Bryce. Yeah. I, my, I gotta switch gears. All right. Sam Darnold, quarterback yeah. USC. All the hype uh, over Sam Darnold. But um, Luke Falk at Washington State has passed for, uh, I believe it was 1,370-plus yards in the season with 14 touchdowns. Like, Leach's quarterbacks always throw for, like, 60,000 yards. Right. Very, right. It's very, like, video game-esque, you know? <laughs> so uh, I got a feeling that tomorrow night this may lead into this weekend of tricky upset games. So mm-hmm. be wary for favorites. That's, that's kind of my feeling. Miami going to Duke, be wary. Mm-hmm. USC going at Pullman, be wary. I feel like USC has struggled a little bit in big games. Um, look at a team like Texas. And one of, uh, one of the stats, and the two close games, let's say Texas and uh, I believe oh, Stanford wasn't. Western Cal. Michigan uh, was close for a while. <laughs> Western Michigan was close for a while, but a couple of oh, yeah, last Cal. two games where, where Stanford didn't score a ton of points, they were held to under 150 rushing yards. So. If Mike Leach's team can play any defense and really make them one-dimensional, and we know Donald can throw it around, but you know if, he's made mistakes every game. Yes, this year. yes, he has. Yes, he has. So uh, he's got nine touchdowns and seven interceptions on the season. The yeah. Donald, so something to look out for. He's passed for over twelve hundred yards. Those are great numbers, but um, Falk's stats are better. And we don't we don't really talk about him probably because he plays in Pullman, Washington, and yeah. I, I couldn't point that out on a map to you. I mean, the yeah. state, yes, but Pullman, I know it's like east in the eastern part of the state, but that's about all I know about Pullman. Yeah, I couldn't tell you couldn't tell you where it is, but you said that maybe Leach can put out a good defensive game. I don't know if he's ever done that. But. <laughs> uh, I would. It would be fun to see a, a shootout, and maybe Friday night USC isn't isn't too geared up for it. Um, three and a half is not a lot. It's not, not a not a wide spread for the matchup for a top five. What is USC rank now? Four? I think they're. Oh, we can pull it up here, but uh, somebody fact check us. I will. We'll, we'll get our intern to fact check. Just give us one moment, guys. But speaking intern, of, hey, fact check. He's looking. He is looking. Did you see while the intern looks? Uh, we we didn't talk about this in last week, but exciting finishes. I know we talked about Florida, but did you see Iowa, Penn State. No, because I was too busy watching third-string Georgia defense play Mississippi State. USC's number five. Um, Good job, intern. Uh, Crazy, crazy finish, though. I saw the highlight of it. Crazy finish, Iowa. One of the things, I think the last five teams, uh, top five teams that have come into Iowa uh, have lost. Mm. And Penn State, or maybe the last four, and Penn State was a fifth, but uh, that was top five, top ten, but... I would just tough to play, mm-hmm. um, and Saquon Barkley to me, yeah, that's how I was about to. He, 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 oh my, my goodness! The best, the, to me, the best player in the country, and 
before the year, um, I was on a Georgia board and there was a discussion about best running backs and people were talking about Chubb Michelle. I'm like, all right, yeah. Or there was a poll. And it was, I mean, it was, uh, and myself and a lot of people were saying Barkley's the best running back in the country. And there was a debate about it, but that dude is is a monster. Yeah. Hurdling players, getting hit yes. in midair, just landing and catching, you know, 50 receiving yards, 150 rushing yards. He is a monster. He might be a robot. <laughs> Could be. He might be a robot. He's something else. No, we so, we, um, we kid, but uh, we let's get back to USC. Yeah. We, we did take a 30-second break to talk about Penn State, so yeah. nobody from the Big Ten can ever give us any. Right. Okay. So, uh, USC, a three-and-a-half-point favorite going into Pullman. Uh, I kind of given you some of the stats. Um, USC a little bit more balanced on offense. A couple running backs and Jones and Carr with over 300 yards rushing. Uh, Washington State's running backs, Jamal Mason and uh, James Williams, 193 and 148 yards respectively on the ground. Um, I just have a gut feeling that Washington State is going to beat Southern Cal this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got this game at 38-34 Cougs. Wazoo. Wazoo. The t- By the way, a little little trivia fact about them. They've had like... 15, 16, 17 years, something like that. Every episode of College Game Day, there's a wazoo flag there. No matter where it is, they have this streak where one of their alumni. And also, just notice, their their stadium holds 33,000 people. 33,000 people. That's it's not very big. It's not a lot of people. Well, There's high school stadiums in Alabama. Or, that, or Texas that are much yeah. bigger, right? 33,000. Yeah, coming into Pullman, ten o'clock. Well, ten o'clock east, ten thirty, ten o'clock, ten thirty east coast mm-hmm. start. I mean, I I think I think they're gonna walk out disappointed. You're, so they're yeah. Okay. I, I think USC. I'll take USC to win that. I mean, I could easily see Washington State pulling off the upset, but um, give me USC at at thirty eight, Washington State at thirty one. So they double the spread. Double the spread. Okay. USC covers. I'm taking Wazoo, which is probably good for everybody else (laughs) in Southern Cal. Um, No shoes on the line, right? No shoe contract. Adidas isn't involved in that game for Southern Cal. I'm not going to comment on my relationship with Adidas. Okay. Just... That's a... I mean, you're picking them, so there could be some hairy, you know, funny business going on. Clemson. 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 Virginia Tech. Traveling to Blacksburg, right? Yeah. Man, another top. Best entrance in college football to me. All right. So another top 15 matchup. Virginia Tech moving up. Um, I I took a look at Virginia Tech earlier. Do you think they're the 12th best team in the country? Absolutely not. And here's here's why you have victories over, um, was it – James Madison and Old Dominion, and I, I let me. Uh, we need to get our intern. You, you beat you beat Will Greer in West Virginia, and then some nobodies. Yeah, and you're, uh, you've got a freshman quarterback in going up against. Yeah, you're going up against the best line in the country. To me, that's not a recipe for success, in my well, opinion. I will tell you one of the things that um, Justin Fuentes has been able to do with that freshman quarterback. Uh, he's passed. Uh, 
yardage, passing yards in the last couple games, over 300 yards. I think he's averaging uh, about 250 passing yards a game. So they're really airing the ball out. A little bit different, um, a little bit different mindset of that team where before it was kind of a, you know, Virginia Tech still walks out with a lunch pail. They were kind of a, bring, you know, uh, blue collar, bring your lunch pail to work. You know, we're going to outwork you. And you thought that running game would be the difference. Uh, well, they have had some good, you know, solid quarterbacks, but but uh, hey, Fuentes is really turning that into a pass first team. Flinging it around, my goodness. Uh, and it was, I'm sorry, it wasn't James Madison. It was Delaware, the Blue Hens. Uh, so they beat, you know, Delaware 27 nothing, West Virginia by seven. Beat up on uh, a, a, a winless East Carolina team, and then beat Old Dominion 38 to nothing. I just those nothing about those games excite me. No, those are useless. Yeah, you can throw those out. Beating beating the the Joe Fly Fighting Flackos of Delaware is nothing right. to to crow about. It's this is gonna be. I didn't realize how how heavily I'll say imbalance between passing and throwing they were mm-hmm. with Josh Jackson throwing it all over all over the field and their their leading rusher has 162 yards on four game, through four games. Right. That's I mean that, that, that that's not the come on, that's like 40 some yards a game. Yeah, and that's not what you would. I guess with Fuentes. It's not that surprising. That's what he did at, at Memphis, but um, I don't know how that's going to work against Clemson. Well, he is mobile. Very mobile. Give him that. Right. But they just shut down the Heisman, Heisman. Trophy yeah. winner, right? Now, w- one of the things I've heard from multiple people that Lane Stadium, one of the toughest places to play yeah. uh, in college football, one of the loudest places to play. So you have. Um, you have that, but uh, I've also heard that if those, you know, that team gets behind, it can become one of the most quiet places to play. So, I'm sure. Kelly Bryant, uh, you know, I was going over his stats. He's got 873 passing yards. He only got only has two touchdowns and three picks. He also leads Clemson in rushing. I, that was something I, you know, I've, I've watched Clemson here and there, but after pouring over the stats, I was shocked to see that. He was their leading rusher, so Virginia Tech defense is going to have to really take and look to stop Bryant. Yeah, and um, you know, uh, was it Travis Etienne? Uh, yeah, I think he pronounces it Etienne. Etienne, which is odd because Etienne is normally how you. He's he's been their most talented. He looks like their most talented. He's been their most explosive runner. Right, and I don't I take know that if that he's going to take over from Fuller. And Etienne, he is the lead. I'm sorry, he is a leading rusher. Kelly Bryant's the second leading rusher. Gotcha. So Etienne with 292 and, and yeah, he's he's had some long runs and and broken it off, broken off some some very impressive carries. Um, it seems like does seem like they've done most of their, most of their work on the ground this year. A lot of times with Bryant, and, I mean he's got Kane out there and Renfro, and he's got plenty of weapons at receiver, but. Mm-hmm. They seem. It seems like, from from when I've watched them, they they've had a lot more success on the ground. Tell you what, if if Virginia Tech gets through this game, we take a look at their schedule. Uh, you know, going up to play at the in the hallowed grounds of Chestnut Hill. That's going to be a tough one for them. You know, then they've got uh, they invite a tomato can in North Carolina for homecoming. <laughs> uh, Duke uh, in Lane Stadium. They travel to Miami, travel to Atlanta to play Georgia Tech, finish out with Pitt and Virginia. Um, this is shaping up to be if they can get past Clemson, possibly a, a you know two games between at, at Miami at Georgia Tech, very winnable games mm-hmm. for Virginia Tech, a team with nobody was talking about being undefeated. And I'm not saying they will go undefeated, but get through this week and you know things look really good. You have to play the games, yeah. but things look really good for for yeah, Tech. Very manageable. So. 
They are seven and a half point dogs to Clemson, the defending national champions, yeah. with the best defense in the country. Well, yeah. maybe not Let statistically, me, but I, I think but at least the, the front seven right. to me. Um, let me let me pick this one first. Let's okay. see. So seven and a half point for Clemson. So this is one where I will. I don't think Clemson will cover this. I'll give Clemson twenty four, and I'll give the Hokies seventeen or twenty. We'll go with twenty points. 20. No, no, seventeen. Twenty four, seventeen. Okay, you're taking. Clemson does not cover. Clemson does not cover, so, so that Clem- half a point Clemson comes in. Straight play. up, Virginia Tech can spread. Okay, so I. Uh, Virginia Tech is one of the teams I've perennially hated like since I was like. Really? Yeah, eight years old. I don't know I've what. noticed more and more you hate a lot of teams. Well, if, if the, if the. You don't have these rivals, so you just, What about Virginia Tech makes you hate them? Uh, they have been in the biggest. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. You got Pac-Man and no wait, Pac-Man. No, that was West Virginia. Uh, but yeah, all those battles between. Yeah, okay, I got you. That, makes sense. Like that. that makes so, sense. That makes sense. As a matter of fact, when I was at a high school junior and senior, and I got a mail from Virginia Polytechnic Institute, it went right in the garbage. I didn't even open it up. I just threw it away. Hated Virginia Tech that much. Didn't even know what a hokey was until. Still don't really know what a hokey is. I think it's a turkey. It's. I don't know what it is, but I don't think it's real. Maybe it is. I don't know. I've got. Let's fact check that while you pick your. Okay. What is a hokey? What's a hokey? Uh, I, I think Dabo works his magic. I really believe in uh, Venable's defensive coordinator. I believe in that front seven. Uh, I believe that Clemson will cover. I've got. Clemson, 38. Something about that number, 38 this week. Virginia Tech, 30, because they can throw the ball around. That half point comes into play, but I'm going to go the other way. Mm -hmm. Clemson, 38. Virginia Tech, 30. That's a a lot of points to put on Clemson. uh, Well, 30 to put on Clemson? Yeah. Yeah. It's also a lot of points to put on Virginia Tech. It's considering Clemson only scored 34 last week against Boston College. Yeah. Yeah, that one was tight. Through halftime, I think mm-hmm. they were they're tied. Um, Hokey is a made up word, by the way. That was made up <laughs> for a fight song. So okay. it's want, technically it's a bird, but let the record show it's a completely fabricated word. Well, can we talk about fabricated words? Yeah. Sitting in Lambeau Field, one of the greatest experiences of my yeah. life in terms of sports. Be- at the end of the third quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter, they start singing this song. Right? It's it comes up on the screen. They start singing all the. It's like. You know, if you've ever been to Georgia Tech and they play that stupid song in between the third and fourth quarter. The Budweiser Yeah, similar to that. And they start talking about something about rolling down the barrel, boom, bang, pop, and terrarial, right? So I'm like, you know, I went to a college prep magnet school. I had went to four years of college. And I look at my buddies and I'm like, hey, what's a terrarial? And uh, Brandon and Rick kind of look at each other like... I think that's where turtles live and yeah. snakes and things. Right? Yeah, so... So so they didn't know. So so where do you go when you don't know a question about Green Bay football, right? You go to the oldest fan in that stadium that, that is in closest proximity to you because they've probably been coming to those games because those tickets are hard to come by, right? And so there's this older woman. I don't want to call her grandma, but she was evidently a grandma. Her grandkids were at the game. And I tapped her on the shoulder and I said, and we had made nice with her before the game. And I said, ma'am, 
what's a Torero? And she's like, she looks at me and she goes, well, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> she's she's been coming to Green Bay Packers games for like 30 years and been singing the song and doesn't know what a Torero is. And so we, we determined it was a made-up word, kind of like hokey. So, yeah. so that was a long story. But Hey, and, and uh, while we're talking about fight songs with made-up words, uh, Auburn, they say Badagitta. Badagitta. Sis Boomba. They, yeah, Badagitta, which... What well, is about to get him? That's uh, that's Cajun for I'm about to get him. About <laughs> yeah. to get. I think that's what I, I don't and know. Alabama says know. Rammer Jammer and all these things. Like, what's with the the fight songs and just inserting made up words? Right. Let's just we can add an ly to anything and make it an adjective, right? Or, yeah. or adverb or, or to rare roll. So so um, dumb. that is dumb. Moving on. Yes, we get sorry. sidetracked. It's like we're like squirrels tonight. <laughs> UNC visiting Georgia Tech, man. Georgia Tech. Uh, Pat Narduzzi had some choice words before that the game last week. And Paul uh, Johnson had some choice words afterwards. That I, was awesome. I didn't see the press conference, so you're gonna have to fill me he in. He said, he said we got a. Uh, I forgot the first part. Something I'm sure one of our listeners can can tell us exactly. But I think it was like we have to clean up clean up the mistakes on offense because when when we play a good team, we're not gonna beat them. <laughs> you know, you're not gonna beat a good team doing this. That. That's that's a nice little after Narduzzi's wow. comments. That was that was hilarious. So you get uh, you get Paul Johnson taking barbs, maybe taking a page out of James Franklin's book, who uh, kind of you know that's twice that Pitt has been the you know caught the ire of the yeah. opposing coach because earlier in the season James Franklin was like, well, we're not going to get excited when we beat Pitt. That's like beating Akron. I yeah. Mean, so Pitt's kind of maybe been- Narduzzi like throws out insults at the post game handshake. You know, maybe he's just a prick. He could be it. He could be a chump. Uh, we know another one. We know another chump. We're going to cover that game a little bit. We know another chump <laughs> in, the, in the southeast. We can't wait. Does he have a bus cut? His his name his name rhymes with. Um, I'm going to make up a word here. Name rhymes with uh, much. <laughs> That's well, a we perfect word to describe him. Much much. <laughs> Yeah, much. Yeah. Uh, North Carolina is a 10-point dog to Georgia Tech. Uh, North Carolina coming into Atlanta to take on at the Flats, right? Yeah. The Flats. flats. The Flats. At the North Avenue Trade School. Yeah. Hey, they've won four national titles. They're, they're proud and they're strong. Uh, I can guarantee there'll be a kid with his laptop at the top of the stadium uh, studying sure. his calculus uh, sure. um, homework. And, that's and, calculus. and it'll probably be easy for him too right. because it, I think the game will be well in hand yeah it, it's calculus BC not AB just in case for those keeping stra- track at home we don't want to insult Georgia Tech students um, North Carolina a victim to Duke uh, Chaz Surratt the quarterback at Duke uh, who I, I, I think it is Chaz right yeah it's just, I got a cousin named Chaz like easy a, it's, it's like a 50's comic book character Chaz name. <laughs> like a villain for Dennis the Menace <laughs> Anyways, how's this game gonna go? It's it's not gonna go well for North Carolina, and I tell you what, what a, if if they can figure out a way to stop the cut blocks and and um, excuse me, um, uh, the running back. He's I'm, I'm sorry, Ricky June, him from Receiver? pushing off. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. You know, you pushing got off. yeah, he's gonna be pushing off a lot, so you got to watch that if you're the defensive back for 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 the Tar Heels. It's not going to take long. I, I got a feeling so that either. this is going to be one of those games like uh, 
Georgia Tech versus Tennessee, but I don't think UNC has the weapons to uh, mount a comeback. Or the trash can, or the dumb luck. None, none of that. Uh, one of the, you know, Taquan Marshall passed for s- passed seven pass attempts last week. That was one of the things that stood out for me last week. Um, he leads a team in passing and rushing. He, uh, 386 yards of rushing, eight touchdowns. Uh, Carvante Benson, 346 uh, carries for three yards, and absolutely went off against Pitt last week, so I'm sure they'll try to get him going. He had 196 yards last week. Uh, receiving, like I said, Ricky June really uh, leading the way, but doesn't even have over 200 yards receiving this season. He's got two touchdowns, and then J.J. Green with one receiving touchdown. Uh, Surratt uh, can and will make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you get enough defensive pressure on him, uh, we had had some talk about the the ability of the Georgia Tech secondary. One of our uh, uh, Georgia Tech super fans was kind of letting us know, hey, hey, here's what Georgia Tech brings to the table. I think UNC is a perfect game for Georgia Tech uh, to exploit them. Uh, it's perfect for Georgia Tech to exploit UNC in the run game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I can go ahead and give you my score. Yeah. All right. I think this is a this is they might as well have Jacksonville State on the side of UNC's helmets this week. Okay. I'm with you there. All right. Georgia Tech. Uh, I'm gonna get off this 38 number. I, they they don't go in the 40s, but I'm gonna say Georgia Tech 34. Mm-hmm. UNC 13. Gotcha. You 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 were gonna get off that Georgia Tech that 38 number. That's the first number that popped into my head was 38. I'll say I, I I agree with you. I think Tech will just run all over North Carolina and, and make enough plays and get in a, a couple turnovers. And uh, I'll give UNC 27 points, call it 38-27, and Tech will cover. And I don't think it'll be really after the first quarter. I don't think it'll be in, in question. All right. So we like we both like the bugs. So let, let it be known to any of our listeners who um, question – whether or not we have partiality or impartiality to certain teams that we are picking Georgia Tech to cover second time this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got burned once. We did. A lot of, we won't bring that up <laughs> for us or, or the listeners, the uh, Tech fan. Yeah, we won't bring that up. Last but not Speaking least. Speaking of that team that, that got lucky and won that game. It, a very interesting line this week to me. Um, and we, we – for our listeners, we pick the lines early so we can kind of do some research. Yeah. Uh, we so, lock them in. So. so this line may have moved a little bit during the week. We've got Georgia, a seven and a half point favorite going into Knoxville. Mm-hmm. The tra- the trash can I was told was act did actually make the trip to Florida. What? And I saw photo evidence of the trash can on the sideline in Gainesville, but CBS never cut over to show the trash can. But. No, no. Why? Why would you not cut over to show the trash can? I mean, it's and and I'm going to get political here for a second, but we've gotten our dose of cutting over to the national anthem that we've never seen in sports before. Yeah, yeah. Every every NFL game we see, you know, cuts over to national anthem. Why not? I, I can't imagine not you know trash can can. You yes. know? Yeah. I mean, we Th- that's that's probably the most entertaining. Well, other than Butch's red and his expressions and his red face and all that, the trash can is one of the more entertaining things about watching a Tennessee game. So, so it's alive and active. You're saying so it's it'll alive be there and active in, in Neyland Stadium this week. It, if it's not, you know, I'm, I 
if it if we don't see it, it's it's Danielson's fault because he doesn't cut over and talk about it. Because okay. we know Gary can get on some sidebar conversations. Yeah. We So talk about a a um just a a crappy place to have to play a football game in Neyland Stadium. That field is just garbage. And it shreds knees every year. It seems like multiple ACL injuries there. It's it's in terrible condition every year. They there have been like excuses. <laughs> Whoever it is, they pay to take care of it about the sun or something and the and and how the grass won't grow. Whatever. It's a terrible field. A lot of players get injured. So I'm that's one big concern for me is how many if we can get out of there with our ACLs intact. The uh. The classy, ever classy Volf fan base has been circulating around on Twitter a picture. It says something like the the UGA lookalike, and it's got a picture of Nick Chubb's gruesome injury with his knee all twisted, and then next to a very very classy. Yeah, next to a picture of like a a rubber plastic figurine with with the knee bent in a funny direction, and that's been making the rounds, and they seem to enjoy that and celebrate that. So, they're oh man, I really wanted to go. Above our PG rating just now, they are very <laughs> showing a lot of restraint here. They're 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 very ter. Dangerous they're heaven. crappy. They're a crappy fan base. They they them and their field and you know it's a perfect reflection of them. They're just they're just not not very good people up there. Um, their coaches. It's funny. He always it's always something with him and the media. So this week he he started talking about how the media fake news and how he doesn't understand if everyone is a Vol fan, how is, all these... Is Donald Trump the uh, coach? He, he threw out fake news. Oh he threw gosh. out reality TV. Yes. He started talking about he was upset because he was asked about Shy Tuttle, you know, their defensive tackle who's one of their best defensive players. So he missed the game. He's got a big old swollen eye, right? Mm-hmm. So people... He, the rumor is that he got into a fight. And some people say, I forgot... An offensive line. Another one is Nigel Warrior, you know, uh, Dale Carter's son that, that played yeah. at Peachtree Ridge. A safety who's like 100 pounds lighter, they said that he he knocked him in the face. They got in a fight, and now Shy Tuttle's eye looks like a, like a golf ball. So they asked him about, you know, Shy Tuttle's, and he got really upset, and he started, he went into this little tirade completely unprovoked or for no reason, talking about the media and how they're, they're overly negative. <clears throat> And it's fake news, and, and he said, Shy Tuttle fell on a helmet, and that's how I got hurt, and that's the honest truth. And <laughs> you fell on a helmet? Doesn't that always happen and get a, a shiner? Is that yeah, and your eye swells up like a balloon? I mean, come on. And then uh, he just he just never fails to, to deliver just the, the dumbest things, and... I'm kind of rant. I mentioned before we got on here. I, I could spend an hour or two just bashing him and their their fan base and their stadium and their colors and their dog <laughs> and like everything about them. Easy. I'm a huge fan of of uh, blue tick coonhounds. That's the only thing about Tennessee Volunteers yeah, I like. That's cool. You know, I was listening to the Georgia Collins show on the way home from work today, uh, um, and I I'm gonna call out Kirby Smart as a liar. Okay. Okay. All right. He said we have a very tough, a very good Tennessee team we're facing. All right. Yeah. That's Coach Talk. All right. Yeah. I believe that. It, he, is that a lie or an exaggeration? I, uh, he's stretching the truth. That's a lie. They are three and one. That's a lie. Have you seen them play? Yeah, I've seen them play. Have you seen them play? I've seen them play. 
<laughs> very mediocre football Marginal team. at best. Marginal at best. <sighs> so, yeah, this is a game that Georgia, seven and a half, you should, against Tennessee, you should cover that. But – you're coming off a big emotional win against Mississippi State. You're going on the road. It's never easy to go up there and with against 107,000 people a minute. in front of them. Because there wasn't 107,000 people in Knoxville last week. No, there was, it looked to be about 30,000. No, I think Not it was many. Like 12,000. Yeah. I don't know what the final number is. We'll see who I think, shows up. I think paid attendance was, was probably 106,000, and actual, actual attendance was probably... A tenth of that. I, I, <laughs> yeah. It was pretty bad. We'll see if week. they, because they're not happy with Butchie, with Much. They're not happy with him up there right now. But I, th- I still think they'll, I still think they'll show up. Okay. Um, the students apparently had organized a, uh, a protest, like a walkout last week, which that might have had a little bit to do okay. with it. But, um, I mean, they've still their their team has been hit with a lot of injuries at a lot of different positions. Evan Berry's not going to play this week. Um, you know, their big return guy. There's, mm-hmm. I mean, just across the board, they've been hit with a lot of injuries. They've got Marquez Callaway, a um, kid from Georgia, receiver, who's made some big plays for him. John F. Kelly at running backs, a very good quarterback. Quentin Dormady is, it looks to be, from what we've seen, a very bad quarterback. Pedestrian. Pedestrian, yeah, that's generous. Pedestrian. Very pedestrian. <laughs> his, his you just call out Kirby Smart for being a liar for calling him good, and you're he calling Quentin Dormady pedestrian. A but you're great doing, football But team. you just called Dormady pedestrian, which is a, because, very because, generous. Because Smart's a man, he's 40. Okay, he's, We're not talking about kids. I'll, he's say, a, I'll say it. Dormady okay. is a ter- garbage player. <laughs> like, he's just not a good quarterback at all. Um, and... We, I call him Guantanamo. Is not an, is not any better. He came in last week and looked terrible. So they don't have. They're they're kind of like they. I think they're maybe a step below Florida quarterback. So they don't have a good quarterback. That's very, very hard to do. Hey, Del Rio and Franks. I think most Tennessee fans would take over Dormady, which it's funny because the last two years with Josh Dobbs, he made a few mistakes. And there were a lot of Tennessee fans that wanted to play Dormady. They wanted to see him because he was better. Because, you know, Big Earl had seen some – had got a guy on the inside who's seen some practices and scrimmages, and Dormady's better than Dobbs. So that was – you know, they, they loved him last year. Always the most popular guy yeah. on the team, right? So now, now he's not as popular. I don't think – they shouldn't be able to score many points against Georgia's defense. It's just – it will come down to again, which is kind of going to be the – the thing with me, the big question every game for Georgia against a defense with a pulse is is offensively how is the offensive line going to play, mm-hmm. and how is Fromm going to look, and is he going to is he going to have some freshman moments like last week he looked incredible. Uh, Notre Dame he looked like a freshman, right. so it's the question for me is can and the play calling the play calling was amazing last week, but but how is the offensive line going to hold up? How is Fromm going to look? And that'll dictate. Again, I think I think seventeen points. You that defense. I don't expect that they they would be able to score more than seventeen points or so. They shouldn't be able to. It's a matter of can we score that many? I think Georgia can. What do you think? I think that seven and a half points is very generous for Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I don't think at this point that. Uh, 
Mutch Jones can coach his way out of a wet paper bag. Uh, your best win right now is a one-point victory over Georgia Tech. who That you gave up 600 yards of offense. Right, offense too. You did score 42 against uh, Indiana State, but I'm looking at an, a very bad loss at Florida and a, a very – a win is a win. but Essentially not a, a loss overall last yeah. week against you know, UMass, a team that hasn't won. So, this, I mean, come on. So, so what what am I saying here? I'm saying that watch out for Tennessee. I really actually I call Coach Coach Smart a liar. I believe he's got every reason in the world to be uh, very wary. It's like a wounded dog, right? Yeah. It, very dangerous right now. This Tennessee team. Uh, Kelly is a great running back. Dormady pedestrian at quarterback. Um, defensively, we've seen Tennessee do some good things. They're playing in Knoxville. I think that crowd. It's a national game at three thirty. Uh, for CBS, so I think that crowd will be there in effect trying to give Georgia all it wanting more. I think seven and a half is too many points for the dogs in this game. I don't think that Tennessee is capable of scoring 42 points against Georgia's defense. I do think they're capable of scoring around 20 or 23. I think this game will be very similar to the game down in Gainesville. Mm -hmm. I think that Georgia wins this game 27-20 but does not cover. There's that half point comes into play. All, another another thing I'll point out is is Nick Chubb was hurt last year when he played them. He got one token carry. Mm-hmm. The last time he played them, before that, he got hurt in the first play and he shredded his knee. He's a very quiet, humble guy that doesn't doesn't say a whole lot. But I think he's a very he's going to run very angry this week, mm-hmm. right? And so you had him and Sony Michelle, Lorenzo Carter, and Devin Bellamy all came back for their senior years. To me, I'm uh, I'm banking on this is the type of game that your seniors shouldn't let you get a big head and fall into the trap coming mm-hmm. off a big win. So I think, and it's not I'm not being a homer um, because every Georgia game I've picked, I've been I've been right on this year. I I think that that this will be a a statement and, and sort of a beat down. So you talked about Tennessee being a wounded dog, which I'd be more worried about if if they were a wounded dog that didn't have Butch Jones leading them, right? And I think if, if Georgia hits them in the mouth, they're just gonna give up and quit. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think I just I just the whole the fans are gonna turn on them very quickly. There's gonna be a lot of booze. I think Georgia will win this convincingly, I'll say twenty eight to ten. And easily cover that seven and a half. There you go. And again, I've I've picked Georgia to cover a couple times, but when I have, they have covered. So it's not like I'm just like blind. And I'll be the first one to not pick Georgia to cover if I don't think they will. I just think Tennessee is a very mediocre, average team, and I think it's on the road, but defense travels. It does to me. Defense travels. So Uh, over or under, Butch Jones has a meltdown. (laughs) An aneurysm. <laughs> oh yes, an aneurysm in the post game yeah. conference. Oh, well, absolutely guaranteed. Even if they win, uh, it'll be guaranteed. He'll 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 get some get upset about something. And if they lose, I can't. I mean, he's he's he'll a must watch TV. He'll he'll have some cliche yeah. quote that some stuff is something about brick by brick bun- bunkering down and yeah, keeping the enemy out of and he'll come up with something. He'll use new. Hokey, Terrell, and Mitch all okay. all in his press conference. <laughs> I'll look forward to it. And during the game, you know that his, his face is going to be reddish purple like yes. always. You know, like you think you have, have to adjust your, your color on your TV. Uh, he always – oh, man. 
He's a joy. He's a joy. I, I, of course, I want to win. I do not want Tennessee to run Butch Jones out of town. I don't think many rivals of Tennessee want Butch Jones running out of town. So I hope we win. Even one point would be enough if we don't run him right. off. We need to keep him around because he is. Uh, he's beaten Georgia twice, yeah. but he. Uh, we enjoy his. He could be a lot. A, a lot more dangerous team out of Tennessee if they yeah. had a real coach. Yep. So real quickly, uh, NFL games, uh, Buffalo and Atlanta. Atlanta is an eight-point favorite at home. Here's some stats I pulled off for both of these games. Uh, both these games have uh, NFC South, little NFC South flavor. Atlanta, fourth leading uh, team in total offense in the NFL and fifth leading scoring team, averaging 29.7 points a game. Buffalo Bills, 25th in total offense and 25th in scoring at 16.7 points a game. Uh, I'm smart. I can do math. Atlanta covers. This is a sucker bet. Atlanta covers Buffalo. And same deal. I've got Atlanta 30, Buffalo 10. Buffalo's offense is is absolutely awful, especially Mm -hmm. this year. McCoy has done nothing on the ground. At receiver, they they lost Sammy Watkins. So their top receiver is a rookie's agent. Well, technically he's their number one. They've got um, – I can't remember who went there. Charles Clay, their tight end, has been their most consistent receiver. But, yeah, their offense has been has been terrible this year. I would, I would – I'm with you. I think Atlanta will easily cover this. Um, I'll, I'll say 27-13. Okay. Dirty birds. And then we've got Carolina uh, – division rival Carolina traveling to New England, taking on the Patriots – the Patriots an eight and a half point favorite. Once again, here are the stats. The Patriots lead the NFL in total offense. They're second in scoring at 33 points a game. The Panthers coming to this game 29th in score and uh, total offense. Excuse me, 26 and I'm sorry, is it? Tw- I've got my numbers mixed up. Either they, way, they don't score. They're much. averaging 15 points a game. Okay, uh, I can do math. This is not even close. I've got the Patriots 41. Carolina like 17. It. I like it. Yeah, Cam has not the last two years he hasn't looked great. And the, he might not even play year, this week. This this week, right? I don't, I don't know how his shoulder is. Did he get it banged up? I mean, he was benched they might last be week. Better. Oh, he was benched. He, he was benched last week. Wow. They Derek Anderson. So they they lost Greg Olson, who was like his top target. Um, yeah, they've struggled to score points. D had been good, and then Bree shredded him. I'm with you, man. I'll, I'll take New England and 38 points and give Carolina 17. There we go. So we both got New England and Atlanta in the pro games. Uh, uh, we've got uh, – I've got Clemson covering. Daniel's going to take Virginia Tech. Uh, we both have Georgia Tech covering over – I'm sorry, we both have – Yeah. Tech Georgia covers. Tech cover over North Carolina. That burned us. Uh, Daniel has uh, USC over straight up and covering the spread against Washington State. I've got Wazoo winning that straight up. Uh, We both have uh, Georgia over Tennessee. Um, I've got that where I'll take Tennessee in the points. Daniel's going to take. You feel good rolling with Butch against the spread. Butch, he's got to come through. He's 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 like a little like a lucky leprechaun man for for some reason. He's like a cat with nine lives. Yeah, I, I tell you. So I know we're running long. We got a wild card. We 
got to talk about this. Speaking of nine lives, the Teflon Don goes down this week. Mm-hmm. And the I, Godfather. He's the, I think, maybe the first of a seedy underbelly. Very seedy underbelly. Youth basketball, right? right? The dark, dark, corrupt world of shoe companies and youth basketball. Right. I mean, so I guess this is a great... America is built on capitalism, right? So yeah, there's also capitalism and a criminal element to capitalism, okay? Yeah, exploitation. Yeah, so we've got these potential NBA players who are signing, uh, who are being wooed by college coaches... Uh, or agents or some some other person to kind of influence them to get to a team that sponsors that shoe's footwear, right? So, mm-hmm. if, for example... Which is strange. It's just in basketball, too. They don't right. do that in football. Right. Uh, well, you know, there's no development. There's no, like, AAU in football. I mean, there's yeah. some travel leagues when you're younger, but in football, you go to a trainer, and then when you're playing, you're in season, right? Your you're, only thing you're doing is going to a camp, and most camps are hosted at like, college right yeah. they they host their i mean not, like army has their game um rivals has their camps mm-hmm. 247 and and under armor has some camps and things like that but you're right it's not like there's a nike has the opening but it's not like in basketball where you have an adidas event and you have a reebok event and you have right. an, it's just not it's not it's not like that and you like you said aau is a lot of times in college or basketball the AAU coaches have way more influence than the high school coaches sure. do. But think about the NFL, though. When a player gets to the NFL, they're wearing whatever shoe the NFL tells you, right? Yeah. It's the, the league that takes that. Right. So, so uh, in basketball, these players have their own contracts. So, uh, hey, if you and I are going to the NBA and, and we played at – I don't want to say Kentucky. We played at um, UMass. Duke. U, UMass together. We'll, we'll, Duke. Okay, fine. Uh <laughs> And, and we both, you go play for the Celtics and I go play for the Hornets, right? Mm-hmm. You can get a Adidas contract or mm-hmm. a Nike contract. And I LA can get, gear. All right, I can get an Under Armour or a, um, a Ruse contract. Or what was... um Zips. What was uh, Ron Artest, Meta's shoe company? Do you remember that? I don't. Okay. I don't. <laughs> Skechers? You can get a Skechers contract? Yeah, right? you could. You could. <laughs> With Joe Montana. Tracks? You ever? There's an old shoe company called Tracks. It was horrible. It was a generic shoe for I think. But yeah, exactly. So the basketball and and you remember when LeBron came out of high school and signed? He he got 90 million from Nike before he even signed an NBA contract. And these shoe contracts are much higher than most of the basketball contracts. Absolutely. Or in a lot of cases, at least. I think it was Gary Doyle from CBS uh, CBSSports.com. I think if he's still writing for them. Had an article talking about LeBron. Um, LeBron was injured and went to the, I don't know if it was ABCD camp or uh, an EYBL, which is Elite Youth Basketball League. Yeah, it's Nike's. Nike's uh, camp. Uh, but he was flown out there by someone, and he shows up to the game, and he's courtside, and he's wearing a, a T-shirt that says the king, and he's got this big, you know, these diamond-studded earrings and this big necklace with, you know, a cross necklace with diamonds. Uh, very in-your-face kind of statement. You're talking you about were, when he was in high school? Yes. And, okay. And, and, you, yeah. and you wonder, how is this high school kid showing up, you know, single mom? 
Yeah. From Akron. Uh, she doesn't, you know, how is this kid getting this stuff? And it's not, I mean, what do you say to LeBron? If, if you're 17, 18, 19 year old, years old and somebody's giving you stuff, what do you say? No. Right. But if you're Louisville and you just got nailed for prostitution and a month later you're going to pay six figures to get a kid to come to your school? That the head coach doesn't even know about. So the story of right, the and even t- but yesterday he was saying this is shocking and I mean come on, that's bold, man. You're you just got nailed for paying women to have sex with recruits to lure them to your school, and your head coach doesn't know about it. Which to me, first off, if I'm a head coach and you even saying I I didn't know that was happening is like so your assistants are just doing whatever they want you don't know like how you're asleep at the wheel right but but less than six months after that you're gonna you're out there paying a hundred thousand dollars for a player for a high schooler that you've never recruited yeah he shows up he says he wants to come to Louisville and you go watch him play Mm mm-hmm and you say he's one of the best players you've ever seen, and he just falls in your lap. You've never heard of this kid before. Yeah. You've never seen this guy play. The, it's, it's wait a minute. Now, if he's coaching at um, Macon State College, all right, or Middle Georgia College, yeah. or Gordon State, West Georgia, I'm trying Mosley State. Mosley State. If he's at you know uh, Armstrong Atlantic State, Darton College. Have I missed any of the small or two-year technical schools? Or completely made-up schools? No. 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 Okay. We're talking about a, a Power 5 basketball team. Rick Pitino, one of the greatest basketball coaches in college of, of all time. Yeah. Okay? For sure. How does he miss out on a player, a, a five-star, the best, maybe not the best, but one of the top five players um, in that class? How do, how do you miss out on that? How do you not – how does this guy, quote-unquote, fall into your lap? Yeah. I don't know. And the, you, and it's not just Louisville, like we said. I mean, there's a lot. Of, so USC, Auburn, mm-hmm. Arizona, which is interesting. Um, Alabama decides to. <laughs> all right. So, <laughs> what is that? Told you they 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 fire a, a player or get a resignment from what was this guy's position? Something like director of player personnel or something like that. Right. And let's see. Um, it was basketball Kobe, administrator Kobe, Kobe Baker, Baker, right? Resigned after an internal review, which the AD said the, their review did not reveal any violations or find any staff members were involved. But he's going to resign. So you conducted a review in less than twenty four hours, determined nothing was wrong. But you're going to. But this guy resign. and, resigns. And the guy was a former director of enforcement for the NCAA. So maybe he knows something that. So you've got essentially a law dog coming in and now working for you, corrupt. Like, I mean, yes. that's not a good look. So either we're going to see the greatest cover-up in the history of the NCAA, mm-hmm. or I just got to think a lot more heads will roll. Yeah, like, there's got to be a lot more. Because if you think that only Auburn and, and Arizona and USC, which, by the way, guy, kid, you know, I don't yeah. – it went to USC. Yeah. Um, and and Kentucky, or Louisville are the only ones involved in this. I mean, that's it. it it's funny because uh, Mark Fox, Georgia coach Mark Fox, was asked about it, and he said, "Well, we weren't surprised at this at all. <laughs> you know, this is kind of what we've been dealing with." Which he, for all the the grief he gets, 
Georgia fans say he should play the AAU game more. Right. Basically means just getting get in bed with these characters. Right. So so coaches like him, sh- you know, shouldn't have much to worry about. But man, if you're, I mean, if you're Kentucky, I know the Blue Bloods. Like, well, UNC can do whatever they want and get away with it. Always. But if you're, <laughs> but if you're the Blue Bloods, if you're these these top teams, if you're Kansas, if you're Kentucky, if you're, I mean, you've got to be nervous. Right? Extremely nervous. Uh, I, I don't think you're sleeping well at night, uh-uh. and I don't think Patino is the only coach. Uh, look across the country. Uh, who funds most? I mean, you, you look at Oregon, who's you know financed Basically by Nike. Just Phil Knight's hobby. Um, maybe that's a team that comes under some scrutiny. We we talked about the the power. Of, you know, the big the big the big boys. Uh, uh, Kansas, Kentucky. Duke, North Carolina, UNC, at Chapel Hill, uh, maybe even a team like Texas. I mean, how do you pull off getting a Kevin Durant to come to Texas? I don't know. Yeah, and and maybe that's a a, a moot point, but <sighs> heads are gonna roll. You you gotta think, but in the end, is it is it really gonna make a difference? Because Jay Billis had a great article that that might. Money is gonna find a way, and money Always. in the end is gonna win in these situations. Always does, and you might get some BS. Yeah, we're going to reform, and this is going to change, and everything. But at the end of the day, you're still going to have people that are sliding money and and players, and it's going to happen. Right. It's so I don't think it's going to change right? much, right? To me, I mean, it, some coaches will get fired, sure, and there will be some sanctions, I'm sure, but it's still going to happen. I mean, you, we just saw it. Louisville got hit, right. and you know, a month later, they're do they're Doing cheating, this, right? So you're so, like, I mean. So what do you do if you're Darius Perry from Wheeler, who who yeah. is headed to Louisville, and your head coach is going? Obviously, they're searching for an interim head coach, but uh, mm-hmm. man, you leave a lot of these players in lurch. Oh, for sure, absolutely. And in those cases, the NCAA, I think, should let them transfer wherever they want without, and they might, but and let them play immediately. But yeah, I would. I mean, they miss so much. You know, they start practice what this week, next week, and then there's always this this. It's kind of one of the. Um, to me, like one of the falsehood, the, the lies of, of NCAA and kind of the, like we all know it's not true, but people just kind of say it just to say it and where you say, well, you commit to play for a school, not a coach. That's garbage. Like you don't commit, you might commit to play for, you're going to play for Coach K. Right. Right. So you're going to Alabama to play for Saban. You're right. not going because there's a, maybe a few of you that you just love the University of Alabama so much that it doesn't matter who's coaching there. You're maybe there. if you're playing at Southeast Missouri State, that's the case, right? Yeah, right, exactly. But but you're going to play for a coach, and you uh, you commit to a, to a program. I won't even say to a school. You commit to a program based on the relationships you have with the coaches, mm-hmm. not with the president or you know the dean the of the AD, journalism right, school right so i and that's one thing i can't stand is when when coaches get fired and they they hold players to their letter of intent saying that you committed to a school because you don't and no everyone knows you don't but the ncaa and all their hypocrisy and absurdity keep keep spitting out garbage like that and saying it, that just drives me crazy so just a little rant so the ncaa with no control at this point. Uh, the FBI, you know, how long would it have taken the NCAA to investigate <laughs> this, and what would have been the outcome? They wouldn't have done anything. They're uh, they're spineless. They're they're powerless. They're a joke. Right. I think we both think that. Yeah, we, we leave it to the the G men to come in and shake things they up. Just, they did what they had to do. So, 
Patino, uh, uh, resign, uh, excuse me, put on administrative leave without pay, uh, expected mm-hmm. to be resign, uh, fired yeah. uh, within the next, I think it's eight days. I think there was a 10-day yeah. uh, period, kind of a waiting period for the facts to flush themselves out. Yeah, They're already yeah, looking for an interim head coach. Stipulation or, or something, you know, whatever in his provision mm-hmm. in his contract. He had to have 10 days notice. So it will be Which he probably never thought would happen. Right. I mean, when you're writing that, you're like, all right, yeah, yeah. Well, let's give 10 days if you're going to fire me. <laughs> He very, thought he was retiring. Very interesting. Uh, one other thing I want to mention in Doyle's contract, I, I think Nick Saban's pay from the University of Alabama is like two hundred sixty-five thousand, uh-huh. something like that. His endorsements are what he makes, uh-huh. and so if Nike's paying the endorsements, doesn't he kind of have to? Aren't they paying him to coach Alabama and not Alabama? Is that how that works? Speaking of apparel companies. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big contact because they finally moved past this. But do you think that Russell Athletic was out there <laughs> paying off any players to go to Russell Athletic School? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Hey, credit yeah. to credit to Georgia Tech for moving on. You know, past nineteen eighty four and getting rid of Russell. And I don't, who do they go to? Adidas. Adidas. They did go to. Uh, yeah. Uh, go look at it. Finally, they step into the the light, and then. <laughs> Adidas is kind of now the the shady character. Yeah. One one sure. last just the, the kind of a maybe paradox or irony here uh, when Kentucky came out of the death penalty, who did they hire to resurrect their program? Ricky. Rick Pitino. Yeah. And and now I, I think if you're the NCAA, you have to go into Kentucky and look at is that a program that deserves a death penalty in basketball? I mean, and you it's got Calipari lot. steering them, and he's obviously not. The cleanest of characters. So. Lack of institution. But, man, not, 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 not Kentucky. I'm in Louisville. Oh. Is Louisville the team? So you've got Patino who brought Kentucky out of pro, uh, the death penalty and now might be putting them the nail in their coffin to put that basketball program into the death penalty at Louisville. The irony is he bought one out. Maybe he puts one in. Is that lack of institutional control at University of Louisville? It's lack of something. Yeah, that's that's – and it's funny because you got okay. So now we see that Patino is has questionable morals and ethics, mm-hmm. and you've got Bobby Petrino coaching your football team. Why would he stick around? Even, he, even well, Feinbaum I mean, he, said he was like, I, you know, he's not might. a man of ethics himself, right? So you're oof, Louisville fans. It you had a banner, you got it taken down technically, which you still want it, but mm-hmm. if in 2013 you and now that. Everything's crumbling down around you, and uh, yeah, the first that we both think the first of first shoe to fall, but there's yeah. gonna be more. Yeah, we and if there's not, would be really wouldn't it's possible, not probable, but uh, we we think there's more shoes to fall. So I bet Huckleberry Hound will not be one of them. Huckleberry Hound Huckleberry isn't he Hound. a character on USA Cartoon Network, or is he coached yeah. a basketball team? Does he coach that? We both. Well, you know what? I've never seen Huckleberry Hound and Roy Williams in the same room. <laughs> yeah, for everybody, saying, we, did, we think Roy Williams is like a, Huckleberry Hound's his doppelganger. Yeah. If you look at the two of them, they we'll, very we'll, similar. We, I, I think we will post that image on. on yeah, uh, but I'm just saying, North Carolina's not going to get touched, in, in my opinion. So they don't get touched for anything. I know we ran a little bit long today, we guys. Way long. Thanks for hanging with us. I mean, at some point we might break this up into two shows, but uh, we are we are very happy that you're joining us. Look, mm-hmm. if you want to get in on this, we we, we kind of had to talk about this, and I'll mention this now. We'll 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 tweet about it this week. 
if you want to get in on our picks, do uh, we want them to DM us or just post them on Twitter? Just add us. Just add us. A lot of people say, don't at me. Just add us. Add us, yeah. Yeah. At, at the role players, right? And yeah. Just so we know. And then take your, your picks. picks. The spreads, USC, three and a half point favorite at Washington State. That game has got to be in before kickoff. We just got to get it. You gotta, we got to yeah. see it post before kickoff. Uh, that's a Friday game. Clemson, seven and a half point favorite at Virginia Tech. UNC is at Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech, 10 point favorite. And Georgia get, uh, giving up seven and a half points. They are seven and a half point favorite at Tennessee up in Knoxville. Atlanta, at eight point favorite at home versus Buffalo. And New England, an eight and a half point favorite uh, with Carolina coming to Foxborough. Those are your picks for the week. Get in. Uh, hey, play with us all week. Uh, we will. We won't start this week. This will be kind of a test run. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll we'll try to bring this up. How about a fifty dollars Visa gift card at the end of the season for anyone who has a better record than us starting next week? Very generous. Fifty dollars. Yeah, and not not. It'll be that'll just be straight up fifty. You can spend anywhere, right? Right. Visa. So gift. what happens? We're not not if, Kroger. Not right. Apple we're not gonna, No. Just Visa gift card. Send you to Bed Bath and Beyond. No. You know? No. But, no. But uh, so so that'll be. Not it's not just beating us, right? So so let's say thirty of you decide to make picks. So it and twenty seven of you beat us. So the fifty dollars will go to whoever has the best record. Exactly. If you beat us, right? Exactly. So if I in the year five hundred and Art goes, you know seven fifty, and you have a and you beat everyone, nobody gets the money. Right. But if somebody beats us, fifty bucks. There you go. 50 bucks. 50 bucks out of pocket. Visa yes, gift sir. card. You know, you can re-gift it. We'll go through the end of the regular season. And if you do, and if, if we get the gift card and nobody beats us, we're just going to go spend it all on dessert and probably alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so. a, that's a good, that's probably a good, won't get us very far. Um, but, but, um, it's our so money, yeah, right? shoot them out at us. Exactly. So. And maybe. Yeah. We are the role players. I am Arthur Mosley. He is Daniel Allen. And remember, our opinions don't matter. But you should listen to us anyways. At the role players one on Twitter. Thanks, guys. Have a great week. Yeah. Bye.